Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. I don't want to freak you out, but right now, all around you are beings that are more amazing, more powerful, more glorious than anything else in all creation, really. More spectacular than the peak of Mount Everest or the depths of the sea. More spectacular than the sun, the moons, the stars, and all the galaxies. More powerful than any army. More powerful than atomic bombs. It's the invisible realm. It's the angels that surround us at every moment of our lives. And this week, the Catholic Church is drawing our attention to the angels as we celebrate the Feast of the Archangels. And later this week, we celebrate the Feast of the Guardian Angels. And I think this week really reminds us of what matters most in life. You see, what matters most, what's most important, what's most influential in this world, it's really the things we cannot see the Holy Spirit, God's grace in our hearts, the power of the sacraments. And this week, we're thinking about the power of the angels. Really more important than whatever's happening on social media, whatever's happening out in the political sphere and debates and all that. It's really what's going on in the spiritual battles all around us, in our culture, in our homes, in our churches, and most of all, in our souls. Will we turn to these angelic beings to help us, to guide us? Are we aware of the dark angelic beings that are fighting against us and leading us away from the Lord? Are we aware that all of our problems, all the challenges and trials we face each day, that there's a battle between light and darkness? And, and, and these angels play a role and they're trying to influence us either for good or for ill. Will we turn to the good angels to light, to guard, to rule and guide us? That's what I'm gonna talk about in this week's podcast. We're gonna talk about angels. What are angels? Do you ever wonder about that? I think many Catholics, you know, they they hear about angels and maybe you know that guardian angel prayer. But what exactly is an angel? And what difference does an angel make in my daily life? And what is the Catholic Church calling me to do in terms of growing in relationship with the angels? How can I draw upon their light and draw upon their strength in my life? How can they help me to follow Jesus more? That's what we're going to talk about this week, All Things Angels on the All Things Catholic Podcast. So welcome. I'm your host, Edward Sree, and I want to give a warm welcome to any new listeners, especially for those that are joining us from the various events I was participating in this last week. I want to give a big shout out to the young adults in New York City, to the women's group in Durham, North Carolina. I want to give a shout out to new listeners out in New Zealand. I was on an interview show there. I'm getting ready to speak at a, a great Catholic conference coming up here in a couple of weeks there in New Zealand. And I want to give a special welcome to anyone from the Diocese of Sacramento. I was blessed to participate in their ministry days this last week and give a keynote address on sharing faith in home and in our parishes and in, in the midst of a secular culture. And it's been so fun doing these online speaking events for either small groups or for dioceses and parishes. And I want to invite you, if you are looking ahead to the month of December, I know it's hard to think, you know, December, Christmas is coming soon. Uh, but if you're like me, December, I can get easily distracted. I can get, you know, kind of caught up in uh, like whether it's travel plans or the shopping and the, the planning, getting the house ready and the tree and all that. And all that's fine. 
but we really want to maintain a spiritual focus. So during the weeks of Advent, I'm going to be offering uh, to come to visit your men's group, women's group, Bible study group, or your parish, your diocese, to do a little Bible study, to do something that focuses our attention on Jesus and Mary and Joseph. If you're interested in learning more uh, about this little Advent series or Advent uh, sessions that I could do, I can come visit you online, your particular group. Uh, Check out my website, edwardsri.com. That's edwardsri.com. And you can learn all about my online speaking events. And you can book a time for me to come visit your group. Uh, We have time. I'll give a little biblical reflection, talking about the season of Advent, giving some reflections from the life of the Holy Family and the story of the coming of Jesus there in the Gospels. And we have time to interact, time to take your questions. Again, you can learn more. Reach out to me at edwardsri.com, edwardsri.com, and reach out to me and my assistant will get back in touch with you. And hopefully I can come visit sometime in December. But let's think about those angels again. What does the word angel mean? You know, the, the word in Greek for angel, it means one who is sent. You can think about that. Many of the angels were sent by God. Uh, But where do we read about the angels in the Bible? You know, the Bible talks about angels from the very beginning in Genesis to the very end in the book of Revelation. The angels are everywhere. Did you know that right at the very beginning, the very first chapter of the Bible, Genesis chapter one, God says, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the heavens and the earth. You ever wondered about that line? Why did God create heaven? I mean, he already was up in heaven. But that's not what the text says. The text says that in the beginning, God created the heavens, plural, heavens and the earth. And early Christians have always interpreted heavens as referring to the heavenly realm, to the invisible realm, to God's invisible creation. He created the spiritual creatures first, the angels. And then he created the earthly creatures, all of the things here on earth, whether it's the sun, the moon, the stars, the land, the sea, the birds, the fish, the animals, and most of all, Adam and Eve, humanity. So the heavens and the earth are the very beginning. The first thing God created before he created the physical time, space, universe, he created the spiritual realm, the angels. And he employed the angels in various tasks. Like angels are described as guarding the Garden of Eden. They're warning people of danger. They, uh, there's an angel that leads the Israelites out of Egypt. Angels protecting the three men in the fiery furnace. If you remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego persecuted by the Babylonian king. And, and the angel comes and protects them from that harm. An angel delivers Daniel from the lion's den. Angels also announced great things coming in the future, like an angel announces the coming of the Messiah to the prophet Daniel. And of course, you can think about an angel who came and appeared to the virgin in Nazareth to Mary to announce that she would be the mother of the Messiah. So you see, angels appear all throughout scripture. But you know what their most important role was? You read about it in multiple places from the Old Testament to the New, but I think of the book of Revelation where we read about myriads and myriads and thousands and thousands and ten thousands and ten thousands of angels. Just just picture that in heaven, gathered around God's throne, worshiping him, praising him for all eternity. Just picture that scene, thousands and thousands of angelic beings worshiping God around his throne. But what exactly is an angel? You ever wonder about that? That's what I want to talk about here. I want to talk about what an angel is. I think if you ask the average Catholic, 
you know, hey, what's an angel? Um, you know, they're not quite sure, <laughs> you know. I don't know, how would you answer that question? If you had to explain to someone what exactly is an angel, I want to help you with that. I'm going to do a basic catechesis on the angels here. I'm going to give you about six, seven points here about what an angel is and what the angel's mission is. And then I want to most of all conclude with some practical things about how we can grow in devotion to the angels uh, and how we can really, really benefit from a deeper friendship with the angels uh, that are all around us. So you ready? Let's talk about some of these points. First of all, what is an angel? An angel is a pure spirit. It's a purely spiritual being. Now, what does that mean to be a pure spirit? It means it it doesn't have a a, a physical body. There's no body. It it is immaterial. So it's purely a spirit. It, it doesn't have a body. It doesn't take up space. It doesn't appear to the senses. So it's in the invisible realm. And I think it's just important for us just to ponder that truth for a moment. I, I think about Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. St. Paul in Ephesians 6, 12 reminds us that our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers and rulers of this world of darkness. How many times in life, when I look out into the culture and I see so many problems, such lack of faith, such rampant immorality, not just rejection of God, but just rejection of basic truth. Like, what should we do with a baby in the mother's womb? Is it okay to kill a baby? Basic truths, like what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman? What is marriage? So many basic truths under attack today and so much confusion. And you see so much hurt out there. You know, I can be overwhelmed by that. And I can forget that the battle isn't against flesh and blood. It's not against politicians and government decisions. I mean, those things are important. We have to think about the world of politics and economics and social customs and all. I'm not, I'm not denying that, but I, have, I, have to, I know I need to be challenged to remember that there's ultimately spiritual forces behind these things. There are dark angels, we call them the demons, that are prowling all around the world, trying to wreak complete havoc and lead people away from God and from the truth. That's just, we have to realize that. But there's also, but I shouldn't be overwhelmed by it because I know there's, God has given us the really good angels, right? That are there to help us fight these battles. And that's not just true for the culture. I could think about our church. You think of all the challenges we face within our church. We think about the recent scandals of the last couple of decades. And we can be overwhelmed and really discouraged by these things. And, and, and they're real. But we have to remember that it's not just, oh, these, you know, a bad church leader and a bad priest doing a bad thing. We have to think of it more as there, there are dark forces behind this. But there's also good angels, good angels that want to help to bring renewal, to bring healing, to fight against that darkness. Our battle's not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of this world of darkness. I think about challenges in our own lives, maybe in our own families, our own workplaces, uh, in our own parishes. You know, the challenges we face day to day, just think about our own spiritual lives, the spiritual challenges we face. You know, we, we, we struggle with different temptations, I struggle with these weaknesses and these sins and I just can't overcome them. And I could just think, I just need more willpower. I've got to fight harder. Now, don't get me wrong. Maybe you, you do need to just buck up and fight harder and, 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 and cut, off, cut, cut the root of the sin in your life and work harder. Maybe you need to do that, but you also need to know you're not going to be able to do all that on your own. 
God wants to give you his grace, his spirit to help you, but he's given you the angels to help you, especially a guardian angel. We'll talk about the guardian angels in a moment. But, but, but realizing that these challenges that we face in our spiritual battles, they really are spiritual battles and we're not on our own. There are dark angels, the demons that are influencing us a certain way. And there's a good angel that's going to guide us. Am I going to draw upon my guardian angel and the good angels to help me in these battles? Do I struggle with discouragement? Do I just feel overwhelmed a lot in life? Do I, do I get anxious? Do I just get really anxious about life? Do I, do I tend to lose hope? That's not from God. There are dark angels again that are, that are trying to put a cloud over my mind, a weight in my heart to make me lose hope. A Christian disciple should not lose hope. A, a, a disciple should not fall into this great anxiety. God does not want that, but the demons do. The demons want us to lose our faith and our hope because when we do that, we will fail to love God and the people around us because we're so focused on our own troubles. Do you turn to the angels to help you? Did you realize that there's a spiritual battle going on? So I, I think this passage from Ephesians six twelve is so important. Whatever challenges you face, whether it's you're worried about what's happening with the coronavirus, you're worried about the election, you're worried about our culture, you're worried about your own life, your own spiritual life, your own family, whatever's going on, realize these aren't just problems out there. It's a spiritual battle. Our battle's not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, powers, and rulers of this world of darkness. And we can turn to the angels that God has entrusted to us, especially our guardian angel. These angels impact the visible world. We may not see them. We may not hear them. We may not notice their presence according to the senses, but they're really there. And they impact this present world. Second point, angels are immortal. So this flows from their being pure spirits, right? Because if they're pure spirits, they don't have bodies, then... They don't have a body that's subject to decay or disease or physical injury or death. So angels, if they are pure spirits, if they have no bodies, they are immortal. They will live forever. Third, angels have an intellect and a will. So they're like human persons. So angelic uh, persons, have they each have their own intellect. They can think for themselves, their own will. They can choose for themselves. But their intellect and will... Uh, it, they are more powerful than so much more perfect and powerful than ours because they're pure spirits. You know, our minds, we have to, you know, come to know things gradually over time through our experience, through our senses. And whereas angels can see very quickly, understand right away there. They, they, and, and they know the truth so clearly because they're pure spirits uh, and their wills are so committed and, 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 and firm in, in what they choose and in a way that we aren't. So they do have intellect and will like us, but their, their intellect and will is much more perfected than, than us as human persons. Fourthly, they are superior in strength and power and glory. Uh, and they really are more beautiful than anything else in all of creation. Fifth, the angels were made for a great purpose. They were made to see God for the beatific vision, the vision of God himself. This is what Jesus himself teaches in Matthew chapter 18, verse 10 that the angels in heaven always see the face of the Father. That's Matthew chapter 18, verse 10. The angels always see the face of the Father. And I think, I want you to catch this point here because I think this is important for us to grasp. The angels see God. And these are the good angels. I'm going to get to the whole good angel, bad angel thing, demons and you know the guardian angels and all in a moment. But 
I want to see that God, when he created the angels, when he created these spiritual beings, they were made for a purpose. They were made to be fully united to God, to truly know God, to see God face to face. In this sense, the angels really are intermediaries for us, true, beautiful intermediaries, because they possess what we're made to possess. They already have what God wants us to have and what we most deeply long to have, and that is the vision of God. They see God, and they're going to lead us to this great union with God. So they're great intermediaries. Sixth, we know from our Catholic faith that the angels faced some kind of moral testing, some kind of testing. We don't know exactly what the test was, but there was some kind of test they had to undergo. And those angels that passed the test, that said yes to God, they were awarded the blessedness of God in heaven, the beatific vision. And those that didn't pass the test, those that said non servium, I won't serve and rejected God, they receive eternal damnation. We get hints of this, this idea of this ordeal of the angels in the Bible. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. 2 Peter 2, 4, it talks about how God spared not the angels that sinned, but delivered them to hell. So we get a sense that the angels had some kind of choice. There were some that were faithful to God, but there were some that were not faithful, that were disobedient, or as 2 Peter 2, 4 says, some that sinned. The angels that sinned were sent to hell, it says. Another New Testament letter, the letter of Jude 6. So Jude 6 says, the angels that did not keep their own position. So it refers to the angels that did not keep their own position, but left their proper dwelling. So here we read about angels that they weren't willing to accept whatever position God had in store for them, what their role was, and they left their proper dwelling and they were sent to eternal chains. You know, again, we don't know exactly the nature of this test, but the great tradition is that all of these angels that, that turned away from God and became the demons, they were led by one great angel. And his name, we call him the devil, we call him Satan. Uh, but the name given to him in, in, the, in the early Christian tradition was Lucifer. Lucifer, and that name Lucifer means shining one. And we can think about this, this particular angel, Lucifer, the devil, was the shining one out of all the other ones. He was the most shining, you know, the most brilliant, the most powerful, the most beautiful. He must have been just dazzling to behold. But this angel did not keep his own position. But like the others, he left his proper dwelling. In other words, you get the sense that maybe Lucifer thought that all of this great intelligence and power and glory and might that he had was, was of his own. He, he forgot that it was a gift from God. And he wanted to use it all for himself instead of using it to serve God and to serve God's plan. And, and this, this angel, Lucifer, must have been so powerful, so beautiful, so, so intelligent, such a beauty to behold, that, that he was, he was, because he was able to influence thousands and thousands of other angels to rebel against their creator. I mean, that's how influential he was. He was able to convince the other angels to do the most ridiculous, most foolish thing. To think that all of your being is from you, yourself, and not from the creator that made you. And to rebel against your creator, the one who made you. That's how influential Lucifer was. And he hates God and he hates us. And he hates anyone that wants to follow God's plan. And he's always trying to lead us through his demons. He's trying to lead us away from God's plan. 
But what about the good angels? What's the mission of the good angels? We often think about the guardian angels. I'm going to get there in a moment. But really, the, the, the primary task of the angels is to glorify God and to serve him, to glorify God, to worship God. That's what we read about in the book of Revelation, chapter 4 and chapter 5. We see about all these angels that are bowing down before God and never ceasing to sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. They are constantly worshiping God. This is the primary task of the angels. And it really reminds us, what's our primary task? Is our primary task to, to help people? We should help people. Absolutely. But we are made ultimately to love and serve God. And now I, I love and serve God by loving and serving my neighbor. So the two, I, I want to be really clear. I'm not trying to divide you know, the, the two great commandments, love of God and love of neighbor. But we have to see that the primary one is love of God. Just as in the Ten Commandments, right? The first three commandments are all about the, the worship that we owe to God. And then all of the other commandments about what we do with our neighbor here on earth, don't kill, don't steal, don't lie, don't covet, all those things flow from the fact that, that we acknowledge that there is a God. <laughs> so the two go together, but there's one that has primacy, and it's our relationship with God, and it's the same with the angels. The angels glorify God. This is their primary mission. This is what the church teaches. And they, they also serve God by serving his plan. So they sometimes serve as his messenger. They come and bring revelations to people, announcing a child coming, announcing that the baby Jesus is here, like the angels did to the shepherds uh, in Bethlehem, or the angels coming to wake up Joseph in a dream to say, you got to get out of here. Herod's coming to kill the child. So, so they, they, they bring divine messages to persons here on earth. So they serve God in that way as well. But there's a secondary task, and secondary doesn't mean like it's an afterthought. It's really important too. Uh, and this is to protect us. To, the, God has given the angels to protect human persons and to care for their salvation. And this is where we think about the guardian angels. You know, we read about the idea, I get, you get a hint of the idea of guardian angels in the Old Testament. In Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, when we read about Michael, St. Michael, the archangel, is described as the angel protecting the people of Israel. So we get the sense that there are, there's an angel that's is especially dedicated to protecting a, a certain group of people. And then when you get to the New Testament, Jesus reveals it's not just a group of people, but there's actually particular angels that are entrusted to each individual person. Jesus describes in Matthew 18, verse 10, about how the little ones, the humble, faithful ones, the faithful disciples, he says, quote, their angels always see the face of my Father in heaven. Their angels. So the little ones, the humble disciples, their angels see the face of God. What is it? What's implied there? What's Jesus assuming? That, yeah, every, every disciple, every person has a particular angel that has been entrusted to them, their angel. That's where we get the idea of the guardian angel. You may not find the word guardian angel in the Bible, but you certainly find the idea, the principle for it right there in Matthew chapter 18, verse 10. Let's conclude with some practical things really quick here. What do we do? What do we want to do in our relationship with our angels first? And I'm drawing right here from the Congregation of Divine Worship. So this is the Vatican Congregation where it offers some principles on how to cultivate, uh, you know, a, a devotion, a relationship with our angels. First, give gratitude to God. Give gratitude to God for these heavenly spirits, for the gift that we have, <laughs> this great gift God has given us in a guardian angel. You know, earlier today, my little six-year-old daughter, Kiara, 
asked me about angels and said, what? why do you need an angel? If there's angels everywhere, why do you need your angel? <laughs> you know, I, I guess that, that, that makes sense, right? If there's angels all around, why do I have to have my own particular angel? You know, I could just grab, oh, there's one angel over here. I'll call on this other angel in the room over here. Why do I need my own angel? And this is, this is beautiful to ponder, to think that, you know, before God made you, he knew he was going to bring you into existence one day. And before God made the guardian angels, he knew that he was going to bring you into existence. And so when he made the heavens before he made the earth, when he made the, the invisible realm before he made the visible realm, when he made the spiritual beings, the angels before he made humanity, when he created those guardian angels, he thought of you. He thought of you. And he, and he had in his mind this plan to entrust this particular angel to you, to guard you, to guide you, to protect you. Isn't that beautiful? What an incredible gift that God chose this particular angelic being to have a special relationship with you and to, and to care for you, to guide you in your life. What a beautiful thing that is. So let's give thanks to God for the gift of our guardian angels. We should do this all year round, but especially this week as we think about the great feast of the guardian angels. Give thanks to God and give thanks to your guardian angel uh, as well. Secondly, devotion. We should grow in devotion. Develop a friendship with our guardian angel. Talk to your guardian angel. Do you ever do that? You say, guardian angel, please help me. I'm feeling really down right now. Please help lift my spirits. Guardian angel, I'm exhausted right now. I feel overwhelmed. Help me, guardian angel. Guardian angel, I have to have this difficult conversation with one of my children. Please help me to, to, to say the right words. Guardian angel, there's this big problem at work. I just, I just can't figure out how it's going to work out. Or I can't figure out how all the finances are going to come together. Or I'm facing this big health challenge, whatever it is. Guardian angel, help me. Strengthen me. Do you turn, dear guardian angel? A beautiful thing to do. Develop a friendship with your guardian angel. Talk to your guardian angel and just be aware of the spiritual battles going all around. As Paul says in Ephesians 6, 12, our battle is not against flesh and blood merely, but against the principalities and powers, the, 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 the spiritual realm. And let's call upon the good angels to help us fight our daily spiritual battles. So first point I mentioned, give gratitude to God for the gift of your guardian angel. Secondly, grow in friendship develop a, a relationship with your guardian angel. Talk to your guardian angel. Ask your guardian angel to help you, to guide you. Uh, be aware of the spiritual battles in your life. Don't see them as just matters of flesh and blood, problems to be solved. See them as spiritual battles and call upon your angel to help you. And finally, the church recommends to pray the angel of God prayer. Do you know that prayer? We'll put it in the show notes. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here ever this day, be at my side to light to guard, to rule, and guide. And that's what I want to close with. Let's think about those four things, to light, to guard, to rule, and guide. This is what the angels can do for us. Angel of God, give me light. Shine light on my soul. Shine light on my life. Give me insight. Give me wisdom. Help me to see what matters most. Help me to see things clearly, to see the truth clearly. Help me to see. Give me light. Guard, to light, to guard. So guard me from all physical evil. Certainly, I think that's what we often think about. You know, pray I don't get into a car accident. And, and yes, we should pray. I do a guardian angel prayer before I drive as well. It's a wonderful thing. So pray for, all, for, for protection from all physical harm. But the angels also want to protect us from spiritual danger, spiritual harm. I think these things are real. They really are. I mean, I've had friends tell me about like, uh, like moments where 
they were driving and, and, and they just sensed they needed to like quickly move their car a different, slightly different direction. And, and, and like in a split second, they were spared a dramatic car accident. Uh, a friend of mine told me he, back in high school when he was in, in theater, he, he was on the stage and they're just doing rehearsal and he just had this sense. He heard a voice inside, not outside, but inside he heard a voice in his own heart, move quickly, move right now. And he just took a couple steps to the right. And then a second later, this massive thing, a metal bar that was above holding the lights and the curtain just crashed to the ground. It would have killed him. And, and no one, he didn't know what that was, but he, he goes, I know that was my guardian angel protecting me. I've heard many stories of things like that. So they, the angels do protect us from physical harm, but even more, the angels want to protect us from spiritual dangers, to, from temptation, from sin, to rule to rule in the sense of the angels said yes to God. They submitted to God's will and we want them to guide us so that we can also then follow their example and submit to God's reign and to guide, to guide us in all of our decisions, all of our actions, guide us through the challenges and the darkness, the uncertainties in life. Guide us, angel, to light, to guard, to rule and guide. It's a wonderful thing, wonderful prayer to pray and to ponder how our angels can help us each day. Well, I hope this has been helpful for you. If this podcast has been a blessing to help you understand the angels better and you want to share this with family and friends so that they could get to know their guardian angels better here in this week, please share this podcast, this episode with others. And remember, if you're interested in a little kind of Advent spiritual retreat, little Advent spiritual shot in the arm. I'm going to be doing those, those Advent online speaking events. I can come to your group, to your men's group, women's group, Bible study group, or to your parish or diocese. Just check out my online speaking events at my website, edwardsri.com. That's edwardsri.com. Thanks for listening and God bless.